You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm hunting night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. What's going on, sports fans? Welcome to week eight of the NFL season, and that means week eight of the Wingfoot Locks brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. Buffering on the other side of the screen is Greg Hoyle as he tries to tax his e-machine back there by pulling up the latest spreads and numbers. Joe Vasir... Go ahead. I couldn't, hear, I couldn't hear the intro, man. I know. I feel cheated. Well, don't worry. We'll play it. I thought it was your ringtone, so you should be pretty used to it by now. You were humming it, humming it for us before we started enough there. All right. Don't be silly. I don't know how to set my ringtones. <laughs> That's right, because he's still on a, a, a 1986 uh, Apple. You know, Apple would, was too, it would be too advanced for the computer he's working with over there. You know, I, I got to let the fans know that that you would probably be a lot better at handicapping if it didn't take you 10 minutes to turn on your computer. I think that you're really just being slowed down over there by the processing power of your machine. And uh, I'm going to start taking up a collection fund where uh, a portion of each tease that you pick that hits goes back to the Greg Hoyle computer fund. What do you think about that? I've been arguing for years that it's it's my talent has been stifled by the the issues all around me. Yeah, only only a bad carpenter blames his tools, Greg. Only a bad carpenter yeah. blames his tools. With that being said, we got it. We took one on the chin I, I, I last week. Whatever you did right there. Uh, uh, we, that? we took it on the chin last week, man. We got to be honest here. You started the week uh, two and zero. Oh. Well, actually, you know that's not even fair because we we taped on Thursday night. We taped on Thursday night, and uh, you lost. Uh, now our head-to-head record, one and four on the season, uh, as you went with your Eagles against the Giants. And boy, did they make you sweat! They make you made you sweat. But doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile, as we say in the intro. There, winning is winning, and the tease is now what? Uh, is it is it four or five in a row so far on the season? Uh, I believe it was four. Okay. So- um, but all that matters is, is we we got a nice nice little streak going on. So it's feeling feeling good. Those yeah. bets against you, those are those are just you know for for shits and giggles for me. Uh, uh, but that that game was was a real pressure cooker. That was a that was a two bourbon third quarter right there. Uh, if you if you ask me, so I'm reminded of a line from the movie The Program. You were you were saying that night you were happy that they put the women and children to bed because it was time to hunt for you in the fourth quarter as you were freaking out over there. Joe Kane, baby, Kane is able. He should win the Heisman again with Trevor Lawrence out. <laughs> this week we got to get yeah, back. If, if- Go ahead. If my uh, football watching antics weren't uh, cavemanish enough, I think I turned into even more of a, a cretin down at Chris's uh, parents' house on Thursday night. But I uh, tried to keep it together. It was just too stressful. But that's between you and the security camera at this point down there. Just you and the security camera. Oh, boy. So with that being said, look, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out how the Seahawks uh, blew that Sunday night game. It, it is it is just 
unbelievable. I mean, you watch that game. They It seemed like they were dominating the entire time, even though it was close. They made play after play. DK Metcalf chases Buda Baker down like he's freaking secretariat coming down the field. And it's, it's ridiculous. Buda Baker's after that, if you watch the live, he was like, how the heck did he catch me? How did he catch my ass? That and- was that was filthy, especially just the way that he ran was like some sort of cyborg possessed just going after him. It was impressive. And it saved it saved the all points. Right? Zero that points. Phenomenal. Yep. They zero get zero points, points. Because of that effort. And then that's a uh, for for all the kids watching at home, that's why you don't give up on a play right there. Oh, yeah. From the second that ball was picked, he just started sprinting toward the uh, opposite end zone, and, and it paid off for him there. But, you know, I I look at that game, and, and people were complaining about the hold that was called against Seattle when DK scored the touchdown in overtime. That was clearly a hold. That was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it just totally thrashed the dude. Now, I don't I know mean, why you. Like obvious reasons, but. Obviously, I don't. I don't know why you hold anybody because it's not like anybody's going to be able to tackle him. You don't think once he has the ball in his hands, especially once he gets a little bit of steam. But he would have been in position, I think, to uh, to make a play there. Still, maybe they get the first down. But uh, kudos to to Arizona for what they did in overtime. It looked like a whole different game plan, and Seattle looked completely confused. Um, I still, just watching that game, don't have any idea how they put up as many points as they did. Uh, and it, they're doing it with, with magic tricks right now, smoke and mirrors all over the place. But the Cardinals are, are a team you, you got to watch out for. So this week, there are some big games, some real big games uh, on the schedule. I don't think there's a better game out there than the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Right now, the Ravens 5-1. and one. This is the best that the AFC North has to offer. And I think that right now it seems like Pittsburgh isn't getting any respect with the Ravens coming off the bye this week. So what do you make of the Steelers after that game uh, against the Tennessee Titans? They jumped out to that big lead. Tennessee came back and Guskowski misses the field goal. That would have sent it to overtime there. How do you look at the Steelers right now, Greg? You're a glutton for punishment there, Joe, making me making me relive that game again. Uh, they they did squeak out the the over though, but uh, uh, they, I mean they look good. I, I I think the primary question here is how many of these games they can go in. They were in the, a cigar game with Cleveland, right? So I think you get a break there with Cleveland. You would have thought that that would have been a tough game, right? That Tennessee game, they jump out to a 20-point lead, right? So they let them back in. But at the same point, it wasn't super high pressure for most of that game. So, like, you would think divisional game and then undefeated against undefeated. Like, Pittsburgh's going to be real in here, and then they're going off against Baltimore. We had a couple of easy uh, – that Washington right before the uh, – the bye week, um, so you have like pressure cooker, pressure cooker, but those games really weren't all that tough for Pittsburgh um, heading into the the Baltimore game. And Baltimore, I mean, what the good team that they faced off against? They got smoked against Kansas City. Right. So, um, I you know, they, typically even last year when they played, I feel like those games were close between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Um, so I, I don't know how they're they're given this many points here. So you, you're seeing it at four and a half. 
that you're seeing, correct? Yeah, like most places over, it's four and a half right now. Yeah, I feel like anything over a field goal, and, and I believe if we date back, like, I mean, you and I have been doing this for 10, 12 years here, but these AFC uh, battles here, if we're getting three three-plus points, I feel like we tend to go with the points in these situations, and it's it, it hasn't gone poorly for us. Right. Uh, and you kind of got, got me onto this. I was looking at something different. Um, so for for the record, I'm slapping this. This is going to be the uh, front half of the, the tees here. It's going to be 11-and-a-half Pittsburgh. Grab it now. Uh, for, for my people out there that love the 10-point tees, you can't get better than 14-and-a-half points there. Um, but you, you know, play it all the way down to the true number, take the 11 and a half. I'll take the points there and just, you know, see what happens because this, this is going to be a tough division game, um, that with only one team going into the playoffs, that's going to get home field throughout and that, that first round by it's a big game yep. early on in, in week eight. So, and that's what everybody was uh, saying last week against Tennessee when they were playing them there. I got to interrupt one second yep. because Chris Portente uh, is is hanging out with us watching this week. And uh, you got to make sure that you go to the Instagram page. He's already put the lock of the week up. Uh, he was, listen, he was back and forth last week with the Raiders. The, the, the COVID test threw him for a loop. He, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. We're on to next week. Still 5-2 and two on the the season he's got the pick of the week up there for you so make sure you check that out uh over on the instagram page thanks for coming and hang out hang out with us tonight chris i appreciate you making some time on a friday uh evening here so yeah i, I think up, <laughs> i think that this week man with the these teams look we've seen the afc north change drastically right the afc north that you were talking about uh when you mentioned what we were used to taking those three points in was a beat you up Defense first division. Now we're talking about two teams that have some of the most, and they still have the top-ranked defenses in the league. They're both, I believe, one and two right now in the NFL, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, respectively. But these teams are also putting up big numbers offensively, and defense in 2020 isn't what defense was even in 2015. Forget about 2010. Uh, so obviously the game is changing, and it is it is something that it should be exciting to watch this time around. But i got to say, Baltimore has not looked the same on that offensive side of the ball without Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram has been a big key for them, and he's not playing again this week. Um, and I think putting a little bit more on Lamar Jackson's shoulders there, you know, that that option, that read option that they do uh, isn't necessarily as effective, I don't think, with some of the backups that they've had this season. And Mark Ingram just runs with a fire that it's hard to bring him down with the first tackler. It's hard to see him uh, behind some of those offensive linemen they have there. They just locked up their left tackle on a huge contract, uh, which is interesting going into this week. Baltimore did. Um, and obviously... Uh, it's going to be very interesting because they've got the home field advantage and hardball with the extra week to prepare in this one. But I think these games are always close. I know you like them plus the 11 and a half. I know I, I, I helped push you that way a little bit there. I was actually shocked when that wasn't your pick. I was actually when you because I looked at that number and based on our history there, I thought for sure that's where you were going to be going with it. But I think that you should, uh, I think that you could take Pittsburgh in this one. I, I can't see going against Pittsburgh, getting four and a half points in this one. Uh, it's just too many points. I, I know they're coming off a tough game. Uh, 
Oh, Chris is pointing out there's an 80-20 rule on Pittsburgh right now, and he, he thinks the line is a bit fishy. 80-20 is always interesting. That means 80% of the public money is coming in on the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, which explains the line going from 3.5 to 4. I think I think early in the week that 80-20 rule, though, sometimes is a little bit uh, jarring because it's, it's not public money a lot of times that is coming in this early in the week, although maybe that's starting to change with some of the online uh, gambling that we see. But uh, if I'm going, if I'm going to play a side in this one, I'm going to go Pittsburgh plus the points. Right now, also, let me check this out here. I've got the over/under uh, in this one. Do do do. Forty-six and a half. Which I think is, uh, you know, it, by these standards is low. By today's standards, is a low over/under right. total. Um, well, and and so what you and I were talking about. This is one of those things that. Uh, you know, with the implied point total, right? Basically, they're handicapping this game at about twenty-five to twenty-one, right? That's that's what they're saying with that total. Uh, so when you're when you're grabbing eleven and a half in that situation, um, I like that even more. So from from that side of things, I'm in I'm in good shape. Basically, that tells me that once uh, Pittsburgh scores two touchdowns, I should be in good shape. Right. Right. And for those people who didn't understand what he said there, I just want to break it down because you went through that real quick. The implied total is because there's a four and a half point line in this, the and the total on the game is 46 and a half. They think the score is going to be somewhere around 25 to 21 uh, is what that would say. So that means if you get to 14 points, you get the 11 and a half points on the game, then all of a sudden, then you should be good to cover in that one um, based Correct. on the implied total. If, if Vegas knows what they're doing, and let's face it, Vegas is pretty darn good at what they do. There's a reason all the casinos are out there. I would say so, right, Greg? Yeah, being that uh, the they had me sweating the 50 and a half and it was going between 50 and a half and 51 that Tennessee over last week. And it, lands on, it lands on 51. Yeah, I think they have a pretty darn good idea of what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, so that's a good way to look at the games that you're going to go with. We're going to hold off on the second part of that teaser this week and I'm going to move on to... The Indianapolis Colts on the road this week laying three points against the Detroit Lions. Now, Detroit is coming off one of the most miraculous wins I've seen in in football history. First, Todd Gurley has his momentum carry him into the end zone when he's trying to take a knee on the one-yard line. Listen, he had to break that tackle. Maybe he didn't even have to break that tackle. He could have just went down. But they would have been able to run out the clock uh, and they kick the field goal and they win the Falcons. Falcons have played some good football as of late. Uh, last night, obviously, coming off the win against the Panthers and then winning the week before in Raheem Morris's first game where they blew out the Minnesota Vikings. But the last two wins for the Detroit Lions have come against the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Atlanta Falcons. And I know that they're 3-3 three and three on the season, but this is the same team that has let lead after lead escape. Now, I know you have to say that that team needs to be good in order to get those leads, but I think they're playing a team this week in the Indianapolis Colts that, for some reason, everybody seems to have jumped off the bandwagon here. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Greg, but... A lot of people were picking the Colts to go to the Super Bowl. A lot of people were picking the Colts to win that division, right? Like, they have one of the best defenses in football still. I know Phillip Rivers looks his age right now, yeah. um, and there there have been some issues on that offensive line but in, in terms of health. 
But they're probably coming off their bye, the healthiest they're going to be for the rest of the season. I know their center right now, uh, Kelly, is questionable for this one, um, Ryan Kelly, and that and he's uh, you know a Pro Bowl player here. Um, but the Detroit Lions are are not world beaters, and if this is a spot. If, if, if Indy's going to live up or be close to the reputation of what they were expecting this season, then this is a spot where they need to come in and roll. Also, the other thing is playing up there in Detroit. They get a dome, which they're used to playing in a dome. I like that. Um, and I like that Detroit might be feeling themselves a little bit right now. So I say lay the points in this one. There are there might be a few two and a half still floating around out there with the Colts. Uh, I think that they roll easily in this one. What do you think, Greg? So I, by no stretch of the imagination, think that uh, Detroit is world beaters. And I think wh- whether it was momentum or stupidity that carried uh, Todd Gurley into the end zone there, who knows? The The world will never know. I'm oh, come on. No, 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 no. That's not fair. I'm sorry. I'm not going to let you do that to the guy. He's clearly trying to fall down. That was so dumb. He was instructed right before the play. Do not go into the end zone. Don't don't give an excuse. Dude, Gurley Gurley out. is the guy who was Gurley is the guy who when he was with the Rams was criticized for going down uh, against the Packers when the Rams could have covered a spread uh, in the end zone. The guy's been there, done that before. He knows. He 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 just had to break. There was one tackle that he tried that he, I, you know. Um, it's in my head, so I don't want to be misremembering it, but I know he had to break one tackle there, and the momentum, he got that tackle to break through, he went into the end zone. Yeah. You don't want to misremember it. <laughs> Chris says he, he, he forgot you. once he felt the contact, and then he remembered too late. Okay. Well, I'm going to take the other side uh, out of the blue here. I didn't tell you I was going to do this beforehand, but we got to have a little juice going. We're week, going head-to-head? So. I'll take the three points that should make you feel better about the Colts. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy it. I, I, you know, I don't think that Detroit had any uh, reason to win that game because I, I just don't understand. But they did, and good for them. So <laughs> I'll take my three points. Um, I, I have no handicap. I'll just take the three points. So, guys, go with Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just for, for the record, take, you're one in four in our head-to-head matchups. Yeah. So I like this. Yep. Yeah. Usually, you so us- usually you have a little more conviction though in the pick. I didn't have any conviction. You goaded me last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so we got a head-to-head pick right here. I'm going Colts. Say lay the three. Greg is taking the three with the Lions at home. Let's move on to the next game, and I like this. We got a little bit of a head-to-head here. Uh, this week, the Los Angeles Rams are traveling all the way to sunny Miami, Florida, for the first start of Tua Tagovailoa's career, as he now leads the Dolphins, uh, replacing Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Dolphins coming off their bye here. Rams laying three and a half in this one, uh, and. I'll let you start, Greg, because you like a, a play in here, but you're not going to go uh, with the number at three and a half. So tell me what you like and why. Yeah, they're going to be the back end of the tees, uh, ten and a half on there. So I got uh, Steelers plus eleven and a half. The back end of this at uh, ten and a half. Miami, it's a short week for the Rams. They're going to scoot down here, and then they have their bye next week. And then after that, they have the Seahawks. So 
I don't know how to feel yet about teams going into the bye. I, I feel like I look at this every year. Um, I don't know that they play particularly good, but I don't like the short rest. Miami's coming off their bye. Chua, I mean, how have the other quarterbacks played, Herbert and Joe Burrow, so far this year that he's in that same stack with? So I'm kind of going up with an unknown entity here. But the fact that they went with him over Fitzpatrick, who's been playing pretty well, like if you don't want to lose that entire locker room, you've got to be pretty damn certain that he looks good in practice. So I'm going with an unknown entity. I'm trusting the Miami coaching staff that they're not just, you know, throwing a Hail Mary pass here and throwing this guy out there. Uh, I have to think that he's looked good enough in practice for them to to give him the, the reins for the rest of the year. Um, and if we're going to stack him with those other two quarterbacks, they both look really good. Uh, and quite frankly, I feel like there was better better buzz other than his health concerns about Tua coming out than the other two. So I'm going to take my ten and a half, and I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to be a little coward not take the three and a half. But uh, ten and a half is through a key number, and I like it. And, uh, you know, just like Seattle went down there, right? And, and, and you, you, the, the Dolphins were in the damn game the entire time, the yep. entire time, the entire time. And then Seattle covered at the end, right? right. I don't want to be in that situation, so I'll, I'll stack some points on it. Okay, so I know that this is a short week for the Rams after playing on Monday Night Football. And we liked the Bears last week, and that was uh, one of our incorrect picks. The Rams and what they've done this season has been amazing to me. They have gone back and forth between the East Coast and the West Coast so many times. Travel is not an issue for this team. Sean McVay's numbers on the East Coast are incredible, especially when you put them uh, against other teams on the whole, on the NFL average. He comes to the East Coast, he treats it like a business trip with his guys, and they win. That's it. You mentioned the quarterback switch here. Dude, Ryan Fitzpatrick broke my heart when he was talking about how he lost this job and felt like he had it ripped away from him last week. That guy is the emotional leader of that team. They he rallies around the rest of his team whether they're winning or losing. He never feels like he is out of a game and he is going to go out on his sword no matter what. The guy is what you look for when everybody criticizes athletes for saying, "Hey, you're playing a game, like you should have more fun, like you should be thankful for that." He is so grateful for that opportunity, and I don't think the guys are going to rally around Tua in his first start the way he has gotten some of those guys to rally around him. Brian Flores was no doubt. He's a Brooklyn guy. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on here cuz I want to hear. Go ahead, Greg. What do you want to say? Three, two or three weeks before that, Ryan Fitzpatrick was saying, I know that this is a temporary gig and I'm just holding, uh, you know, I'm just holding the line here until Tua comes in and then your hands across America for the guy. Give me a break. No, 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 no. He knows he's there as a placeholder. There's no doubt about that. Right. But, but how do you, but he didn't think he was, the t- no, he didn't think he was coming out when he just, 
takes the team on a, on a winning streak, man. They went, you said you were on the 49ers last week. They went to San Francisco and made the 49ers look miserable, man. This team has a little bit of momentum. They're playing together. The chemistry has been built over the last year and a half. Let's not forget, they played well the end of last year. They played hard together, this team. And Brian Flores, I believe, is a Brooklyn guy here. And I, I, you know, I, he is not spreading the love correctly in my mind when it comes to taking Ryan Fitzpatrick out of this lineup. I know why. The, this was always so, the plan. So you're in accusing your boy from Brooklyn and, like, you think he's trying to sabotage his team's chances of winning? No, is, no. Like, but I, I understand he's not doing that. But I don't even know if sometimes if it's, if it's a coach's decision anymore, man. They said they knew the bye was going to be there. I heard many people saying that, oh, Tua could get his first start against the Rams after the bye. But I thought that was because they thought Miami was going to be, you know, one and five or two and four going into this. They're three and three. They have a legitimate shot at the playoffs right here. And this is a huge game. I think that I think that in normal circumstances, uh, if you if you have that much momentum going with your quarterback to make a change in that moment, man, that's tough. That is tough for a team to do. You get chemistry and everything. And I'm not saying the guy's not going to be good down the line. I think that this is just a bad week to do it, especially when you're doing it against a Rams defense, which I think is still underrated and not getting enough praise for what they've been able to do this season. The Rams defense has has pretty much contained every opponent they faced this season. Nobody's gotten out of control against them. Even the 49ers, when they lost that game, I think they had, what, 24 points maybe, 25 points? So that team is really solid on both sides of the ball. That defense is underrated, even though I think they're rated pretty highly. And the one thing that I think also is getting overlooked is what what do we do tomorrow night, Greg? What does everybody do? We turn do? back the clock. We turn back the clocks. That's right. You get an extra hour rest, so a 1 o'clock game on the East Coast is now really a 2 o'clock game is your body clock. You get an extra hour of sleep for that West Coast team, and I think they're just a little bit sharper in this one on uh, with a team that is already sharp when they come to the East Coast. They're, I think they're clearly the better team, and so I think – that this week they show that against the Miami Dolphins. I'm I'm trying to figure this out Go ahead. Uh, right now. Has Fitzpatrick ever been in a playoff game? Uh, maybe one year with the Bills, but I don't think so. And why would that be? Well, he throws too many interceptions. Right. I mean, he's never played on a great team. He's a he's a solid. He's a really good backup is how he's always been described. Uh, yeah, those teams would be better if they had a better quarterback. Bro. And the guys, I just looked it up while you're sitting here. You know, He's like 58 and 86 all time. He's got a 40 winning percentage. So if they're three and three, the data, which is a large data set there, I mean, that's 140 games, tell them that Ryan Fitzpatrick ain't going to take him to the playoffs. And I think the rest of the locker room knows that because they know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. A cute backup, a cute story, wearing Deshaun Jackson's bling, and, you know, yucking it up with the guys. And he's the Harvard <laughs> uh, hipster doofus that's in there just chumming it up. But when it comes down to it, 
like I still can't find the fact that I can't find it means he probably hasn't been to the playoffs. And I don't want to go as far as the other people to, to blame because I go to the head coach. Right. Which Flores is a damn good head coach from what we've seen so far. I think he's got a great and, culture going down there in Miami. And quarterback. So I I listen, this is I feel totally uncomfortable sight unseen going in with Tua. Uh, but I do not like the situation for the Rams. I totally agree. They've been smoking teams on the East Coast, but they've all been NFC East teams, and that's a freaking cakewalk. Uh, they look terrible against the Bills, who the Bills haven't really looked all that great. So how does that end up looking? Oh, that's not um, fair. The so- Bills have had the most brutal schedule. Their two losses the Bills have had have been against brutal scheduling, man. That was like the worst scenario that ever could have played out for a team in NFL history. And what oh. they what they had to deal with, short of yeah, but they regardless they got smoked. It was twenty eight to three, man. Like, come on. And they, and and so yet they, if and yet if they don't get a pass interference call, that's a real questionable call. They win that game. Yeah, but who cares about the win or the loss? <laughs> oh, they play I'm sixty minutes this, for a this reason. Is they, this, this is what they're doing. I don't need the Dolphins to win. I just need him to cover the spread, Joe. Just need him to cover the spread. Are you really going to quote my own lines to me here, Greg? (laughs) Indeed, I am. Don't quote the rules to me. Don't quote the rules to me, Greg. I know the rules. Thank you very much. I think you might be forgetting the rules. Oh, man. Well, listen. You're all... You're all you're all sobby over Ryan Fitzpatrick had you in tears. Thirteen years of mediocrity. There's there's a nice line that I'm finding on Google here for. He, he <laughs> took the Jets, I believe, to a ten and six season. Quote me on that. Ryan Fitzpatrick led the New York Jets to a ten and six season. All right. The only he reason cost, he was he costed him a decent draft pick and an opportunity to you know turn the franchise around. Not fair, man. Not fair. No, they had to make this move, and it's all good. And I'll take the ten and a half points. You're you're laying three and a half, correct? Yes, I will lay the three and a half. So- Sorry, I didn't listen to a word of your handicap. You had me hunting for Ryan Fitzpatrick stats, and they told me exactly what I knew already with this. 400 win percentage and it it really pleased me over here so i'm pretty happy so uh all right so you're gonna go with the unknown into a tug of iloa there uh against uh one of the best head coaches in the nfl right now and one of the best defenses in the nfl oh i i, I don't subscribe to that theory oh what you don't think I, sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the nfl i, I am not a McVay truther I'm not saying a truther, but the guy, I mean, look what he does on offense with Jared Goff. He made Jared Goff look like an MVP candidate. Robert Woods. What did Robert Woods do in Buffalo before he got there? He made Jared Goff look like Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Oh, my goodness. Cooper Cup. These are the names out there who all of a sudden under Sean McVay have been Household, become household names with the Los Angeles Rams, and you're going to tell me that you don't think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL? Look what that defense is doing! Come on, I, th- I think he's I think he's taking advantage of a weak division. <laughs> now I know. Now I know you're full of crap. All right, let's move on. I'm just, I'm just yanking your chain. Let's move on. Let's talk about speaking of of bad teams and the New York Jets. Uh, Twenty points. 
The Kansas City Chiefs yeah. are 20 point favorites this week as they play host to the New York Jets. Uh, and because we turn the clocks back, the Jets get an extra hour of rest. My suggestion is they don't ever wake up and show up for this game. Maybe they don't set their clocks back. They show up early, think the Chiefs forfeited, and go home because. I think this is going to be one of the most lopsided games in NFL history. Throw in the fact that the Jets are without Jamison Crowder and Brashad Perryman for this one. As it like this is really just the poor getting poorer. I've heard of the rich getting richer before, but this, and and Adam Gay says it's an opportunity for some guys on the team, an opportunity to go out there and get killed this week. No play on either side because you can't. I'm good conscious conscience lay uh, a 20 points against an NFL team in any week even if they rest their starters late the Chiefs I still I, I still don't know how the Jets are going to score in this one uh, but Greg there are a couple plays on prop bets that you like in this one tell me why yeah and and real quick it, it, like what's the media say like is it just knowing that they're literally keeping gays there to lose every game like is is that the logic behind it I think that there are some people who believe that Woody Johnson has some ties to uh to gays and and they're gonna ride with him to the end of the season i I don't think that I mean look the whole Trevor Lawrence thing I, I don't know that he's a, a home run that he's he's a sure thing I should say. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. They, they there's that quarterback from North Dakota who I know is supposed to be big coming out of the draft or North Dakota State. Um, but I I don't think this is a tank for Trevor type of situation. I think the Jets are just that bad. And if you bring a new coach in there, I I don't see they would have to turn the reins over to Greg Williams. And there's been tension between them since the second Greg Williams was brought onto the staff. It was a bad it was a bad yeah. marriage to begin with. Yeah. Um, so that, I, I don't think they want to give it to him. Yeah. Okay. We, we've talked enough about the Jets. I'll move on. <laughs> I apologize for asking that question. So, yeah, Art, basically it's a go in, get the win, take the uh, air out of the ball type of game. So I'm going to look at both running backs, uh, both Edwards, Hilaire, and um, uh, Lev Bell. Um, to get him out there, uh, really, and there's a lot of juice here. It's minus 134, and it I, on what? Know, I minus 134 like, on what? On 39 and a half yards over for Lev Bell, and it just hit me. And I don't know why I'm so dumb. It's because it's him sticking it to the team that he just left. So basically, the the theory is, and why it's minus one thirty four is people are thinking that they're going to let him stick it to the team that he just left because somehow he's created bad blood with the Jets, even though they paid him and brought him over there. But uh, that's the reason it's minus one thirty four. I was trying to figure it out. Listen, nobody, by the way, no, very few people are going to be able to understand what you just said because, uh, and you can go back and watch this later. Your webcam looks like that you you just entered the matrix. Um, the the pixelation here is quite impressive. You, it looks as though you could dodge bullets. I don't know if you can see it, but uh, so one thirty four. You are you were a little pixelated there. Uh, one thirty four right, is what, what you got to lay. Is 
is the it's minus 134 to win 100 on Le'Veon Bell to run for over 39 and a half yards. And he's playing against the Jets who just discarded him and just released him and disrespected him uh, while paying him millions of dollars. And that's why you have to lay so many um, yards. But I'd also take Edward Zilaire over 68 and a half. That's only minus 112 because that's exactly, I mean, you've seen them start to run the ball a little bit more um, in recent weeks. And this with a 20 point spread, like, what in the world do you think is going to happen? Quite frankly, I wouldn't trot my best guys out there to be, um, you know, sitting there dropping back in the pocket. I don't want Patrick Mahomes sitting there and, and potentially getting hit. So I'm handing the ball off, especially to Lev Bell. Love that one. Um, but I'm going to go with both of them. And uh, I think both will hit. Well, obviously you think both would hit. Otherwise you wouldn't uh, be taking them. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe you would like to play the other side here, Joe. Oh no, I will not play the other side. We get a little. Uh, I feel like I'm always taking the opposite ends of your bets, and you, you you're never willing to play when I'm I'm throwing things out there. Uh, that's a, that's a good I point. That's a good I point over there. Um, into consideration. I, I will as I uh, continually look at the games that you picked this week. That might change in just a minute here because the next game we want to talk about is the Tennessee Titans coming off that heartbreaking loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steven Gostkowski, man, what is it about kicking for the Tennessee Titans that just doesn't mix, yeah, man? man. Um, misses a, the over. It was a 42, what was it, 42-yard field goal, I think, that he missed. Maybe 46-yard field goal at the end of the game that would have sent it into overtime uh, after they made that ridiculous comeback. Um, Chris Portente mentioned to us at that time it was a lopsided game. I remember he was saying <laughs> the game was one-sided. Uh, that one didn't work out there. It, it was one-sided, yeah, and then he that, kicked that, it to... That, that. That that text really irked me, Chris. I was irked. Perhaps <laughs> that was revenge from the week before. Oh yes, yes. But we won't bring that up. Might have had a mortgage payment or two on Tennessee at that point when I was reading the text. So that's 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 why. Good thing interest rates are low. Couldn't have been that much then. Uh, so we're looking going back onto the Tennessee Titans right now, uh, laying six and a half. Greg, you want to go. This is a, a a light spot in between in between Pittsburgh and I think they got Chicago next week. You say you're going to lay the points with the Titans. Go ahead, make your case. Yes. Yeah, so while we're doing some research here, uh, which by the way, we're going to do a little voting plug because I'm uh, not going to say to just go out and vote. Do your research. Know who you're gonna who you're gonna vote for. Uh, that that's my advice. Yes. Yeah. Voting season. You don't just don't go into just a go booth and vote and, blind? No, don't just go out and plug. Just like you just don't pick teams like, oh, I like six and a half instead of seven. And uh, I like the Bears. Um, the Bears. So, so basically, here's what I'm seeing uh, from the injury report. So both tackles for Cincinnati are going to be out as well as they just traded – Correct. They just traded uh, Dunlap and got back a center, Feeney uh, or Finney, but Finney's out as well. So they have Hopkins, their center, the guy that they just traded for. They're both out. Mixon's out. I don't really give a hoot about that. Um, uh, 
but we've got two offensive tackles, both offensive tackles and their center all out. So cluster injuries, I got to pick against that team strictly because of the value that I put on um, offensive line and defensive line. And on the flip side, there's cluster injuries for the Titans, three cornerbacks, uh, which I love this one guy's name, Krushank. That's a cool name. Uh, <laughs> totally, totally random. But three cornerbacks for Tennessee um, might not be suiting up, but you would take advantage of cornerbacks with good wide receivers, which the Bengals do have. But if you don't have time enough to throw, then you can't drop back in the pocket and hit those guys and let them get open. So that's my issue with the advantage that you would get out of cornerbacks being out is that your offensive line is out and you can't get the ball off. So I like the over in this game uh, because quite frankly, I think that number one, the lack of kicking problems, I think, and I we've seen it, they're going to start to not trot him out there, and they're going to start to go for more fourth downs. And if they don't get them, then they're going to leave the Bengals on the 35 or the 40. And if they do get them, they're going to score more touchdowns. So the, the Titans have hit all the overs. You're rolling your eyes at me, and I can't believe you're doing that because the Titans have hit all their overs the last three weeks. They're going to hit this one at 51. Uh, and I can't believe you're rolling your eyes at that philosophy because it's been established for a season and a half that the Tennessee Titans can't kick. Oh, no, I'm not. I have no issue with the fact that the Tennessee Titans can't kick and that Mike Vrabel has to have some doubt. I just don't understand the logic of how if they then don't get those points, right, and turn the ball over to a Cincinnati Bengals team that has no offensive line and can't protect their quarterback and then thus probably can't score, uh, how that is going to be contributing to the over. I don't I didn't say won't score, right? So we don't need we don't need the uh, Bengals to score. 30 points, we need them to do their part. 14, 17, right? 35, 38, 17, gets it done. That's all we need anybody to do, Greg, is just do their part. Just do, do your part, part, man. We, we've always we've always said it takes two teams to hit an over, right? Tennessee's not going to do this thing by themselves, yeah. right? Not having an offensive line doesn't mean you're going to score zero points. Quite frankly, it also means you might get sacked and turn the ball over in your own territory and give a short field for the other team, and then they're going to go go score some points. So, I, I there's, there's there's a lot to to unpack there, but I like the over in Tennessee because all of their games are going over, and I'm going to continue to ride that. Uh, not all, but I think it's like six of uh, five of six at this point. So I'm going to continue to ride that, and then I got on Tennessee because I don't like uh, Cincinnati's ability to take advantage of Tennessee's weaknesses. So uh, you know how you just said. You just said that I never pick the opposite of the games that you like when we go head-to-head. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. I know. (laughs) With the one I was more sure of. I'm going to go under. I just don't – I think your logic plays it out, man. I think you said it Uh, because – 
I think that there might be some plays where Cincinnati picks up a first down because of an inexperienced corner cornerback for Tennessee and extends a drive and then gets sacked and goes backwards and ends up punting. Right, And I think they have long drives that don't necessarily result in points. I think that if they do drive down the field, the Tennessee Titans, that is, and don't get the field goal, don't kick the field goal, decide to go for it on fourth down and get stopped, then all of a sudden they get no points out of it, and Cincinnati then has to go back down the field. Everything that you said, I think, lends itself to the under in this game. I have been off of Tennessee's defense, right? I think that their defense is not good. Also, didn't you mention... The weather report in this one, because I know you like to have your Doppler radar on. It's it's fifty fifty percent. It's coin flip. Okay, fifty percent chance of rain. All right. Uh, and 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 rain does not guarantee an under. No, I would. I think that if tackling Derrick Henry is hard, tackling him in the rain is harder when he's a little slick. <laughs> um, and that's the way I look at it. But I think that they're still a running team, you know, and that's uh, that's their first priority. And they're going to look to get a get a win out of this one because that's what's most important. Um, and they're coming off, you know, I think that the public is aware at this point that the Tennessee games have been going over and that their defense has been bad. And I think that Vegas uh, catches up here. On the road, I think it's a little bit less likely. Uh, you know, you don't have the confines of, of home for that offense. Uh, I think they take the air out of the ball a little bit of this one. And I think I could see this being like a, like a 28-10 game, you know. Uh, I could see this being a third, like you, like you said, you need two teams to hit and over. And I think you're looking at Cleveland putting up points against, uh, excuse me, Cincinnati putting up points against Cleveland. Uh, they put up points against bad teams. Indy. Indy. I'm sorry. Indy, 27 against Indy. Yeah, and the that week before that, when they turned the ball over like crazy, when Indy turned the ball over. You know, with Philip Rivers, I don't think I don't think Tennessee is going to do that. I think Tennessee takes care of the ball. Um, yeah, so I think everything you said lends me leads me to believe that this is going to be an under game, and so I'll go opposite of you on that one. I'll take the under fifty-one. Lock it up. Love it. We got <laughs> double action going on this D- week. Double action. Now listen. It's a great, great, great way for me to get to one and six, huh? <laughs> Uh, not, not on this over under. So this is the the indie uh, Detroit one. I immediately will put my tail between my legs. But I I like this. Uh, I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna ride Tennessee on these overs until they prove me otherwise. No, well, fair enough. And uh, I I mean sometimes you ride it until it loses, right? You ride the hot hand. Said the guy who takes his yeah, chips I, off a craps I, table when somebody's hit a couple points in a row. But that's a conversation for another yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> no, the dice went off the table, Joe. Yeah. The dice went off the table. That never happens we, at a craps we, table. We are nothing if, if not principled, right? Dice go off the table. You got to flip it them off. You got to oh, turn them man. off. I don't, have a, I don't have a better beware for you this week because you talked me off the better beware also in Tennessee. I wanted to give you Cincinnati plus the points here, but I can't do it with all the cluster injuries at offensive line that you mentioned to me before we came on, on the air. So uh, there is no there is no here ever here of same bones Jones, Greg. No. Same bones Jones is what you got to check out. According to Chris Portente here, uh, apparently it is about bringing the same bones, the ones you throw off the table. You ask for the same bones, same dice, roll them right back. These dice are hot. Same dice. 